This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Eldorado Gaming. Eldorado Gaming is your site for gifts and gaming accessories like dice, playmats, and other items to bling out your games. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Eldorado Gaming, or our home site at eldoradogaming.com. Here at My Mythical Meta, we talk about gaming with friends and strangers, resolving conflicts, and keeping game nights fun, interesting, and recurring. Our game of choice is Magic the Gathering, but our hope is that what we share is relevant for board game players, RPG groups, and maybe even your poker night. I'm Travis. With my friends Derek, Randy, and Benjamin, we've been playing Magic together since 2014, and every game day is fresh and exciting. We've got families, we've got jobs, but with the power of friendship, our games go on. Subscribe to My Mythical Meta, presented by Eldorado Gaming, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to My Mythical Meta, uh, presented by Eldorado Gaming. This is Travis, and I'm joined by my three co-hosts, my brother Benjamin. Hello. My two best friends, Derek and Randy. What's up? Everybody say hi. Hi. Hey. Welcome. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Today's topic is about good sportsmanship. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I learned about good sportsmanship by watching anime growing up. Uh, I learned about good sportsmanship through watching Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball Z. Those were all the places where I learned about good sportsmanship. We've got Ash and Gary... We've got Goku and Vegeta, Yugi and Kaiba. Uh, I added in here Amuro Ray and Char yeah. from the original Gundam series. These classic rivals. Kuwabara and Yurameshi. Few... What'd you I say? Kuwabara and Yurameshi. Yurameshi! You guys are throwing too many anime references. we got to appeal to modern day... Or no, these are world. our these are our people. You, know, you yeah. got your Vin Diesel's and, and you got your Dwayne Johnson's. Who else? In uh, in American uh, American pop culture, yeah. Well, I said Urza and Mishra, but actually, I guess that's a that's a grudge more than a rivalry. Yeah, that's a grudge. I don't know if that's a rivalry. Maybe like the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Now you've lost everybody. <laughs> yeah, nobody's listening anymore. You just caused the eight people who did listen to to shut off their podcast. Uh, so. We're talking about the great tradition of good sportsmanship, Uh, and the first part of our podcast today is about rivalries. Having a rival pushes us to greater and greater heights. Uh, So we start off by describing what a rival is. A rival in uh, the context of our podcast is somebody else that is playing the same game as you. This is a gaming podcast, and so you want a rival who's obviously playing the same game. And an important thing about a rivalry is regularity. It's got to be someone that you will face again and again and again. Goku and Vegeta uh, have attained their extreme power by fighting each other constantly. Vegeta constantly wants to overpower Goku. He finally wants to beat his rival, and that is something that keeps uh, Goku pushing himself as well. 
a person becomes a rival by being a measuring stick for one's own skills. Uh, I want all of us to kind of describe your first rival. Benjamin, do you want to go first? Yeah, so my first rival uh, is is a, a really good friend of mine named Will. Uh, and Travis, I, I know you maybe want me to to say it's you, but... Oh, no, nah, I understand. Nah, it, <laughs> Uh, and, and actually, I'm go- I'm gonna say Will, but it might actually be my dad. Uh, I, I mentioned in the in the last episode how I started with gaming with with my family, uh, and my dad was somebody I could just never beat. So it always became a goal of mine to 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 try. You know, I would I would practice. I would uh, I would think of different strategies or whatever to to try to beat him at games and ultimately i i never did uh he was always uh he was always better than me uh so but that was something that that really pushed me he would play games with me and he would teach me and it's one of the things that helped me to get better than than other people was that i always had someone who would beat me and uh and then in our family now it wasn't you specifically but we did have a, a gaming family in in the sense that that um, when playing games like foosball and ping pong and frisbee and darts and pool and, and stuff like that, and yeah, lots of games in the garage and and uh, activities everywhere. Yeah, and and mom and and John were really good foosball players. Like I don't know yes, they were. how they got to be so good, but now I'm a very good foosball player and. I don't know. I have not yet beat anybody who could beat me. Or I've not met anybody who could beat me consistently, right? So it, you know, and that's years later, and I don't play it all the time. But the first, the first person who was really my equal, where we were developing together, and we were constantly trying to beat each other, and so we'd one up each other. And sometimes he'd have the upper hand. Sometimes, sometimes I'd have the upper hand. Uh, was my friend Will. And I mentioned him in the last episode where he came over one day. He had just moved to our neighborhood, and uh, and actually, you you may not know this, but he the first time I met him was not when he showed up at our door, but was at school. Right, he moved into our neighborhood and started going to our school, mm-hmm. and and he was really mean to me. Uh, it was kind of a bully. <gasps> no, yeah, and Does he like so you? what? Because he liked you. Oh yeah, right, of course. Uh, so Is he dipping your pigtails in the inkwell? No, he was. I don't. I don't know. He was kind of. He would just say, be really sarcastic and mean. And this is like third grade. Um, yeah. and and so when he showed up at my door, uh, our right, he he knocked on the door, and I was like, uh, who is this? Like, why is he here? I don't like him. Right, and to. And I don't know what possessed me to say, "Sure, come on in," when he said, "Hey, can I can I play?" <laughs> but he was like, "Can I come in and play?" And I was like, uh, "We just got a new game. I guess so. Come on in." And so, mom and I taught him Thirteen Dead in Drive, uh, which was a fun game and is still fun. If I could find it, I don't know what happened to it. Mom probably has it. But it uh It's like a it's like a murder mystery game. Yeah. You're trying to find out where the inheritance is hidden or something. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. But you set up all these these booby traps around the house. 
to try to yeah. to try to kill off your your all the other players and or you try to get you know the you set up the booby traps at the beginning of the game but you get you move them towards the booby traps to try to kill them off and then while you're looking for the inheritance uh it's it's pretty fun but you know it's a kid game and that and it pretty soon we pro- we progressed to monopoly and risk and we would spend hours playing risk all the time i still have a picture of us and some of our other friends playing risk and he's the one who convinced you to never trade with me in Monopoly. And, <laughs> this is true. And even though I very rarely won at Monopoly because either you were more lucky or or he would convince y'all. <laughs> he he knew that I beat you at everything, so he would come and convince you. You definitely want to trade with me and not Ben. And yeah, Will could manipulate uh, my rivalry with Benjamin in order to serve himself. <laughs> yes, and he did that <laughs> often. and and then uh and so we played that we uh and then he's one of the one of those guys that was in our our scout troop that that we got Mm -hmm. into role-playing games and and we would uh we would try all sorts of campaigns with with all of us taking turns uh dming or or uh, making characters and playing or whatever and then we eventually got into poker and we would take each other's money and uh we both got into sales and it's just uh just always trying to to one up each other but it, it was really healthy like neither one of us was a bad sport like when we when when one of us was better than the other at a game we took it as a challenge to improve ourselves and not as mm-hmm. a man I don't like this person right he he may have mistreated me when we first met but we eventually became really good friends and uh, within a couple years, we were best friends, and and would hang out constantly, playing games or not. But it was, uh, you know, it wasn't just like yes, last podcast. It wasn't just about the game, right? We we were friends in many many different ways, but right. but the it all it started with games in this case, and and that's I don't know that there's a, a better definition of rival than than what we went through just always trying to beat each other at every game we could think of. Uh, when you mentioned our family, I remember you playing Scrabble with Momo Irene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, if, and how and how that was a rivalry also. Absolutely. Yeah, she... Uh, now, I, I'm almost certain I could beat her now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, but, yeah, all during our childhood, there was no way. Like, she and Papa knew all the... All those weird two-letter words that where mm-hmm. you can that use an X, that use a Q, that use a Z. Yeah, and all, where you can just stick them and get thirty points. Yep. Uh, all the all those weird words that have like uh, just vowels or just just anything, so that you weren't stuck and, and you could you could use all those strategic places. And I learned all that from them. And and now I there you know when when words with friends became a thing about 10 years ago and everybody was playing words with friends um mm-hmm. i was pretty consistently beating everybody on words with friends uh because of what i learned from from family it goes right along with how you started everything with it, which is the rivalries push you to improve like you don't always feel the improvement because it your rival is either keeping up with you or sometimes staying ahead of you but then you go and play with mm-hmm. someone else and you're like wow oh, yeah. you're nothing like my rival right? <laughs> Oh yeah. 
I so on that same Scrabble bent during COVID a couple of years ago, I was playing Word Wars uh, with Kristen and with her mom Linda, and both of them I was just constantly, you know, twenty points ahead. Yeah, it it was just easy, easy pickings. Uh, so I I'm gonna talk about my first rival, uh, and it is my older brother. Uh, it is uh, Benjamin, the guy who just said that I was nothing to him, <laughs> that I that I was an insignificant ant, a peon, com- a peon compared to uh, compared to his gaming prowess. No, I I think this is a pretty common experience. My older brother uh, is the person that was better than me at games. Now I think it really makes sense. Okay. <laughs> was uh, was go on. was was so uh, Benjamin is four years older than me. Yeah. And when you're a child, that is a significant amount of brain development. Uh, but it doesn't help that Benjamin is a genius anyway. He right. is a very strategic uh, thinker. And we all still see that as he's uh, as we play with him in Magic too, but this happened for lots of games, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon trading cards. I remember playing Mario Kart on the Super NES. Yep, that was an experience that is burned into my brain. <laughs> it's branded into my bloody thumbs. How often we would play, and I would just try and try to uh, get better and better. And it was always first place, second place, first place, second place. Uh, and Super Smash Brothers. I got a Nintendo 64 for my birthday, I think. And then Benjamin was a lot better than me at Smash Brothers. Same when it came to the GameCube uh, when we played Super Smash Brothers Melee. I would discover these games and then eventually get a copy for myself and my brother. And then he would always just figure it out faster than I could. Uh, But that makes him a really great rival. Uh, It's somebody that I'm regularly playing games with, that I'm regularly facing. And just like Benjamin was talking about how his dad would teach him uh, as he was playing games, Benjamin would teach me too. I, I can remember the two of us sitting on the floor with our Pokemon cards spread out and we were building decks together and you would tell me what trainer cards you were using and what strategy you were going to use to get out the Pokemon that you needed. Uh, I'll never forget your damage swap uh, green uh, or I said green grass and psychic deck Yep. but it had an engine with dark dragonair where you would use Dark Dragonair's Evolutionary Light ability in order to uh, fetch out all the cards from your deck that you'll need, and then you evolve them into Dark Dragonite and summon minions. Yeah. uh, Which would get out your lower evolution cards. So it was things like that, while I was just in the phase of, well, I want to play all fire Pokemon, so I'm going to put a bunch of Growliths and Arcanines... (laughs) And then I'm going to do a bunch of Charmanders, Charmeleons, and Charizards. Like, like that's how I was. Or I would say, hey, firefighting. I'm going to make a fire and a fighting deck. 
<laughs> like, like that's the level I was at while Benjamin <laughs> is really seeing the code in the Matrix and figuring out how all these cards work together. But we would play together, and he would give me advice while he played, and the two of us uh, were involved in a Pokemon League at the mall. A, uh, a trading card game league where they would mark your games, they would mark how many wins and losses, and they would have tournaments and stuff. And he and I would always do really, really well. Uh, not only did we attend really regularly and earn a lot of points that way, but we were winning lots of games too. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you left for college, Benjamin, that's basically the time that I met Derek. Uh, you graduated in 2004, and I think it was probably 05 or 06. Derek was only a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I met him at school, and Derek almost immediately became uh, my new Pokemon rival. Yeah. Derek played Pokemon online, uh, or, or on Nintendo DS, with me, and... For many years, I think we kept playing Pokemon until uh, through the time we lived together in 2014, for sure. But even just recently, when Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out, we were yeah. playing that and uh, kind of keeping up with who was what level and what Pokemon each other had. But the only reason I was playing Pokemon was because you were playing. And uh, we would do those battle train activities together. And we would just fight each other mm-hmm. all the time. So having somebody to constantly practice against always means that your own skills are improving. And the really funny thing is that a couple of years ago when I was a teacher and I was the sponsor of the anime and gaming club, I had, a, I had several students challenge me to Pokemon battles. And I still had my, uh, my Pokemon X and Y. I... Thank God that those games had uh, battle recorders because I recorded those battles <laughs> and I would wipe the floor with them using the Pokemon that I had trained and the strategies uh, that I had developed for my battles with Derek. I feel like they would use uh, like they were using like legendary Pokemon trying to beat you and exactly yeah. they were using all legendary Pokemon. I had a setup with my Crocodile. And then my Dragonite. And I did a Dragon Dance Outrage complete sweep of, of the kids' entire de- of the kids' entire team. Uh, so Derek was one of my favorite rivals. And obviously everybody in this group is a rival now. Uh, I develop my magic decks thinking of each person and what tools I need to combat y'all's tools. But I want to keep going. Uh Derek, share your perception of our rivalry or share any other experiences of rivalries, maybe with Steven or with Randy. Uh, so I, I have a, a whole laundry list of things I could talk about with this stuff. <laughs> I guess I'll just go chronologically. Um, yeah. I feel like my, I guess my first rivalries were like with y'all is my family. Um, my dad, he's not like, he's not. I'm not saying he's stupid or anything, but he's not like a um, someone who like studies and reads and all that stuff. You know, he, he's not the kind of guy you would you would think. But he's very good at chess, and I don't know where he learned it. 
But <laughs> I, as a kid, I would always try to play him, and he would beat me every single time. I don't think I've ever beat him still. Uh, you know, we haven't tried playing in like 10 years, but uh, or maybe 20 years now. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I was never able to beat him. Um, and I have, uh, I also have a younger brother. He's one year younger. Um, and so we did play like a lot of games together. Um, there were like a lot of fighting games that, uh, came out when we were kids and we'd play against each other, you know, fighting each other is kind of like the only thing you could do in those games. Um, but he, I guess I never saw my brother as a rival in those times. Um, he, well, I mean, myself also is that I'm, I wasn't, you know, any, any kind of good. I was just pressing buttons. He was pressing buttons. There wasn't any kind of skill. Uh, <laughs> and I never tried to get better at chess. I just kept trying, you know, keep throwing my head at the wall, trying to beat my dad at chess and it wouldn't work. Cause I wasn't, uh, I wasn't learning from him. I was just trying to, you know, press the buttons in chess, so to say, um, to try to win. Uh, it wasn't till, um, God, I feel like it was like 2004, 2005. I don't remember my friend, Steven, who is how I got introduced to Travis later on. Uh, we would all hang out and play like smash brothers at the time. And I had never had a, a game. This is smash brothers melee. I never had a GameCube, so I didn't know how to play Smash. Um, and, you know, I, I would sit there, and uh, Stephen would always play NES. And so yep, I, I remember him playing NES. He would he would beat me so hard. Uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, he'd beat me so hard, and I'd say, again, you know, again, 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 until I uh, learned it. I would, I would just pick Mario, just keep playing Mario just so I can learn one character and kind of get all the mechanics down. Um and I don't know if I ever got as good as him, but I did get good uh, from being beaten oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. Definitely got good. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you were already better than I was, too. So, um, you know, I could keep my own. I was, like, catching up to you, and I feel like mm-hmm. I still had ways to go with Steven. That was, yeah, 2004 or something like that. And then the next thing we got into was Pokemon, I think in like 20, 2009 or something. I was working at Hastings, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. So I that like, would have been... Plat- I think Pokemon Platinum had just I come out. I think it was Platinum. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I had like an employee discount for um, uh, games, movies, all that stuff. So I, I bought one just with my nothing paycheck. And uh, Travis, I think you already had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we started playing together. Uh, you know, we talk about um, where we were, what Pokemon we caught, um, you know, what we were thinking, of, like what kind of strategies we were thinking about. And then the new games have come out. And I think Black and White and Black and White 2 is when, like, you can start doing, like, um, co-op. There's, like, a... There was the Battle Train co-op activity, and it had mini games where you could... Uh, EV train yeah, your Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we had that. So Travis and I would, like you said, uh, we would play against each other, but we'd also play with each other against the AI, and we'd work on strategies that complement each other. And I don't want to be the one that is holding the team back. So I'm, I'm constantly on the internet, 
uh, at the time. I, I think it was like Serebi or something like that, and Smogon, and like yep. all these guides about like why this Pokemon's good at this thing, but not good at this other thing. Um, you know, learning the kind of ins and outs, uh, getting your type coverages and stuff like that. Um, and I just, you know, I, I, I guess that's kind of my thing. It's like I get like a, uh, a fixation or something like that. I really just kind of learn everything there is to go know because I want to be the best. Um, so Travis was good in that way. We, we would uh, kind of, I don't know what the expression is, like where you sharpen each other. Um, yeah yeah iron sharpening iron yeah yeah exactly um so we we spent years doing that um uh, especially when like, we lived together i think we played like almost every day yeah for sure and that's when we briefly got randy into pokemon yeah. x and y also uh which is also when we start uh started dabbling with magic um so it's mm-hmm. kind of like you know we put down one thing and then we started picking up another addiction um <laughs> and so now like uh like we said all four of y'all are my rivals um and you know again it's iron sharpening iron i want to be better than you guys so i'm always out there reading as much as i can learning as much as i can so that way i can show up on game day and try to win a lot <laughs> um i i <laughs> see myself um at like peer level with Travis and Randy, I feel like playing y'all is like punching across now. But um, I, I feel like Benjamin is that that mountain I still need to climb because I feel like he is a, a very. I'm not. Uh, I don't want to puff up his ego too much, but I feel like he is a very strategic, smart player, and uh, he's been playing longer than I have. Uh, which you know, it's not everything, but. Um, I want to be better than him, so I, I like when we play games uh, together, even if I'm losing. Uh, I don't think you lose as often as you maybe feel you do. I think you beat me most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, is that we all know that you probably have the better decks, or the stronger decks or whatever, and so we always try to take you out first. I have a few strong decks, where, like a, a few decks where I... I went all out to to, to maximize them, uh, Edgar Markov and, and Orvar yeah. and, and a few others. But yeah. most of my decks, and, and this is probably for another podcast, but because of our meta and, and the way it is, most of my decks are not maxed out so that we can have a fun time. Yeah, Benjamin actually powered down his Orvar <laughs> deck after Randy yeah, and I, I, I got, got yeah, grumpy one we, day. We were over at, at Travis's with just, uh, I, I don't think you were there, Derek, and... and uh-huh. And Orvar uh, basically stole everything on the board, and they were very unhappy, as yeah. you might imagine. Yeah, we we were we were grumpy the, the after kind that of, one. I've played that Orvar deck <laughs> once, and the kind of mind you need to keep track of anything going on is is high level stuff. I played it, and I like halfway through like a thirty minute turn, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Have I won? I don't know, guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that uh, I wanted you to talk only briefly about Steven because I think Benjamin and Steven are really similar yeah, very people. Analytical, They're just strategical. super analytical. Yeah. Uh, and when you play games like Magic the Gathering where it's all, uh, you know, every 
piece, every game piece interacts with another to create this insane Rube Goldberg machine worth, uh, you know, worth of interactions. It can be a huge challenge to overcome uh, players like that. Now, I think Magic is such a great game where people of any style can still find good strategies to play with. Uh, and you don't have to be uh, an extremely analytical or right-brained person to be good at Magic. There are things in Magic for any type mm -hmm. of player to do. Uh, but Benjamin is that player that I am still trying to overcome, that I'm still just trying to understand some of the decks that he can create. Uh, so yeah, when Derek and Randy started learning magic, our entire group has become a rivalry. And as each person gets better at the game, the rest of us are always trying new things in order to keep up. Uh, Randy uh, was probably the... Uh, <coughs> definitely, like, he was he's the most recent of us to start playing magic. And there was a time when uh, he was like, what's that card do? Even for cards that we had played over and over again, like this, like Solemn Even Simulator. for cards that were in his own deck. What's that card do? <laughs> Even for cards in his own deck, he would say, hold on, I got to reread this. I still do that. I mean. uh, but, <laughs> but even Randy's decks have gotten really, really yeah. good. His Darien King of Kieldor deck is insane using a strategy that not a lot of people value yeah. in EDH, using life gain. It is, it is one of the boogeymen uh, that I have to sit there and like think about, how is my current deck going to beat that deck? Yeah, how is the deck that I'm constructing right now going to overcome 200 life and 200 soldier tokens? The answer is easy, like, baby! Like Green Voltron! Is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wanted to bring that up, Randy... I would like you to share your perception or experiences of any rivalries you have. Obviously, in our own group, but maybe anybody, uh, any of your past experiences that we don't okay. know about, too. So, I've been sitting here trying to think of, you know, my first rival or longest running rivalry. Um, I, I have an older brother as well. And so, I guess there's a little bit there, but. It's uh, he's three years older than me, and I, I guess I was never as much of a rival with him. Um, usually, I was trying to do something to like impress him. Um, so you know, if we're, if we're playing a game, oh Benjamin, that's what I was always trying to do. What impress me? N not just beat you uh, mercilessly for my own pride. It was always it was always to impress you. Aww. I think <laughs> that's me being sarcastic. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> I remember beating you at magic for the first time at Momo's house and walking around saying, I did it. I finally did it. Yeah. Sorry, Randy. Go no, ahead. no, no, it, it's fine. Um, but it was like <laughs> me and my brother have a lot of very different interests. Uh, you know, we had like a little bit in, in gaming, but a lot of time it was co-op. So again, it's, it's it's hard for me to really call him a rival, as much as it's either I wanted to do something to impress him. Maybe that's just like like a part of being a little brother sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I I do that a bit in you know like our our meta, 
it so like whenever I'm you know trying to design a deck I'm trying to find something a lot of times that either hasn't been done in the meta or something that's very obscure so that I can like present it and be like ah ah see what it did look at that you know <laughs> I so I mean, yeah, I, I of course I want to win, and, and it's it's fun and getting better, and, and uh, but I you know I I say I mostly play for the social aspect of it, you know, like I play the game because I want to hang out with y'all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like in the heat of the moment, I may get like, oh, I really want to win, and like you know, um, tensions may get a little bit higher, but then like afterwards, I'm like, oh, that's whatever. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, you and I never really had any kind of rivalry. We always played stuff together. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I play games, you know, be it video games or this game, for for camaraderie. You know, I want to do it to like hang out with people. You know, I I, I used to play a game called Apex, um, with a couple of friends, and I hated playing on my own, but I loved playing with them. And then when they had a falling out, it was like, well, I don't care to play this game anymore. Drama because... in the meta group? Oh, God, they need to listen to this podcast. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any coming back. I think they, they got too heated in IRL. and uh, Yeah, I think that I think their friendship ended. Oh, you hate to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that there's an aspect of team games that you that could be attributed to a rivalry. Uh, I think somebody mentioned not wanting to hold, not wanting to hold the other, yeah, Derek not wanting that. to hold the group back. Yeah, when we were playing Pokemon, we both wanted to make sure that we had good Pokemon ready for the game. That way, one person wasn't carrying. And I think that still applies to lots of team games. Uh, games like Pandemic. Or uh, games like Marvel Legendary. We want to make sure that our deck is doing good so that we can help the team uh, so that we can help the team win. This is something that I learned uh, not only through game playing and anime, but also in my experience as a teacher. Mm-hmm. We, we worked in what was called a PLC, a professional learning community. And it's important for each person, to uh, do well, and whenever a person's not doing well, they bring their data to the group. They bring their data to the team so that the team can offer support and encouragement and uh, techniques for success. So I think there's plenty of healthy rivalry that can happen in team games also. Um, I wanted to add, I, I just kind of remembered... I'm not again. I'm not sure if it's rivalry or if it was me just wanting to be like surprised. Look at this, you know. Um, so back to Smash. I did not grow up with a lot of <laughs> Nintendo products. You know, we we, we were a, a Sony and Xbox family. So you know, playing games with Travis and Derek uh, in particular, you know, it's like oh, let's play Smash, and it's like. You're looking at a GameCube controller, and you're like, "Why is there a what? What's what is this thing? Why is this like a little child?" You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Not even a child story. Why does this look like a like a uh, an AI was told to make a, a spaceship in a video game controller, and this is what it came up with? Why are all the buttons different? Yeah, sizes? but like, there's nothing. There's no symmetry anywhere. Yeah, and yeah. So going from trying to learn that new game and just getting just absolutely destroyed constantly, while I'm like. Okay, now how do I do a jump and then an attack? <laughs> and I'm over getting juggled. <laughs> I wish I could figure out the controls, but I'm in the air too much. So uh, that inspired me. I, I went out one day and I, I just went and bought a switch. And didn't I didn't like, tell anyone. Buy the switch. Didn't tell anyone. Didn't tell I this was anyone. So funny when it happened. I went out. I bought a switch. I bought uh, whichever Smash was the current one for that. Smash Brothers okay. Ultimate, yeah. the most recent one. And uh, I, I had a friend at my old job uh, named Mario, and he is a fighting games like aficionado. So we're like, all right, I want you to teach me. And he was teaching me how to play and, you know, um, kind of like combos and just how, how things are supposed to like work in that game. And <laughs> I'm sure no one who I used to work for is ever going to listen to this podcast. Um, we would be at work during the summer months, and we would like put, hook up the switch to the projector while we're supposed to be repairing Chromebooks <laughs> at at the school, <laughs> and we're projecting Smash Brothers up <laughs> in in, uh, in his office. You know, doing that for a couple hours every day during during summer when we were on our own. Uh, and yeah, I, I was learning how to play Smash. I would go home and I would do more practice and. Like, Derek, I picked... I think I had three characters that I uh, practiced on. Rob. Roy. Roy. And Ridley. Yeah. All R's. Yeah. Huh. I, I realized that all R's, and I'm also an R. Um, yeah. Yeah, so those are the three that I kind of trained on to, to give me a little bit of variety. But I was like, I want to get down, you know, so that I'm not trying to jump to save myself from the edge. And I... Am using that boxer dude, and he just flings himself off, and he has no jump. Back. <laughs> yeah, little yeah. man has no jump game whatsoever. None. He just flings himself into oblivion, and it's like, well, I don't want to play this character. Um, but I didn't want to play cheese characters. Either. So yeah, I, I I probably had it for about a month, and I was playing daily for about a month before I think we were all hanging out at Derek's apartment. And it mm-hmm. came up, you know, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, I want to play some some Smash. And I was like, oh, I, I guess. guess. Oh. And then I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know who to play. I guess I I'll... guess so. And he pulls out his pro controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. It was still a wired one. It wasn't a really high dollar one. But yeah. still. But I was like, yeah, I got to continue that. And then uh, I, I just go straight to, I think it was Roy at that time. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm a- that's uh, it was Randy first. <laughs> yeah, that's right, guys. We're gonna bleep it. It was Randy. No, no, first. no, 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 no. We're 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 gonna do a hard cut right here. Three, two, <laughs> one. I don't remember what I was saying, but uh, yeah, I was like, all right, guys, let's roll. Yeah, and I and I didn't just get jump uh, juggled the entire time, and um, that was like my like I wanted to impress y'all or or just like surprise, I guess. Yeah, you know, elicit that reaction, and so mm-hmm. that's. The element of surprise was so was such an experience. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I, I love surprising Randy people. just showing up and and beating Kristen, beating the two Kristens, and then holding his own yeah. with me and Derek. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something about it. I just love uh, 
it would be Travis and I fighting each other because we we were at the same skill level and everyone uh-huh. else like Randy didn't have much experience and the Christians didn't play super uh, a super amount. So it would be kind of them right. three, you know, in the in the pit together. One corner. And then Travis and I be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duking it out, yeah, fighting on the just platforms clean up who was and left stuff like that. Afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I just love a good uh, uh, surprise. You know, yeah. like I lived, I, I moved to an apartment probably a block from Derek at one point. Didn't tell me, <laughs> and I, I didn't tell him for like three months because <laughs> I wanted to have my apartment. Well, I wanted to have my apartment like all like set up, but I had a whole issue with uh, furniture getting delayed because of COVID and everything yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, but- yeah. Randy's all about the element of surprise. Yeah, yeah his his good magic decks. He always comes out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, Niv Mizzet and and Darian. It's like okay, I got them all put together. I remember when he pulled those out, and the one he gave me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, with for the oh. secret Santa. Oh my God, Rograk oh and Arden. That is a boogeyman yeah. of our format too. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Yes, yeah, so I, I know it's not really much of a rivalry, but I guess like it's. I I am like driven to do better by wanting to just like have fun with y'all. Um, but they may have to beat, but I just want to get I want to get a good reaction out of it, and that's what kind of uh, right. drives me. I guess in a lot of a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's a way that you get yeah. joy out of the game. Yeah. I know yeah. we all feel this way, but I'll say it anyways. Um, I I need rivalries to like stay interested. If I'm winning every single game, I don't want to play that game anymore because it's boring. But if there's, you know, if I'm if I'm playing against you guys and, um, you know, Randy pulls out a surprise and I get knocked out, cool. Like now I get to uh, plan for more stuff. Like it 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 gets the the gears rolling for planning, thinking, and all that stuff that interests me. Um, and as much as I want to win, I don't want to win every single game. Yeah. I agree. Like, whenever somebody pulls out a deck that I've never seen before that does something that I can't counter, well, now I'm thinking about that in every future deck that I build. Uh, I think in the last two or three decks that I've built, I've included a card that in some way says your opponents can't gain yeah. life. <laughs> because that is a strategy that Randy has used and weaponized so well uh, that if I don't have an answer for it, if I don't have a silver bullet for it, then I won't be able to uh, I won't be able to go over the top. I won't be able to take it out. Uh, the same is true for making me sacrifice my own creatures. I have to think about that every Benjamin time now. has lots of decks yeah. that do this and it's something that I'm Again, always thinking about whenever I build a deck, even a deck that is not concerned with its graveyard at all, I'm often including just a few pieces of graveyard recursion uh, for those that are uninitiated. That just means cards in my discard pile. I need to be able to get those cards back Mm -hmm. because if a key game piece has been put there from the deck or made me sacrifice from the battlefield to put it there... Uh, and I don't have a way to get it back, then, again, I'm stuck just drawing cards from the top knowing that I might never get it. Yeah. 
thinking about y'all's decks uh, and thinking about whatever new trick one of you did the last game, that's something that I have to be thinking about every time I'm building now. Derek's Thrun deck is something that I'm thinking about in every game now. I think, man, do I need to start putting back more board wipes? There was a time where I would include five-ish board wipes in, in each deck I made, but I felt like that was way too much. It was causing games to go on really long. And there's, uh, kind of in the last two years, I started putting only single target removal in my decks. Well, Throne looks at all my single target removal that's not green, says, ha, that's cute. that's a good try. That's a good effort. It makes me laugh. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> so maybe I do need to start adding, you know, one or two more board wipes back into my decks uh, just so that yeah. I have an answer And then to when it. you do that... I'll start adding more protection, like indestructible and stuff like that, which I should be doing already. But, uh, you know, it's just that, that arms race that never ends. The never-ending arms race is, uh, and not in terms of money, we'll probably do another episode about about budget in the future and how our playgroup manages budget. Uh, but the arms race in terms of strategy, like how... All of our deck building is constantly changing because we always want to be the next person to do something cool at the table. Benjamin, did you have something you wanted to add? I think I talked over you. The way that y'all uh, that y'all build decks is absolutely uh, something to consider. I think we've we've slowly changed over uh, what we want to. You know, we've changed how we want to build decks based on what kind of games we want to play and that sort of thing. And that's part of having a meta at all is is that adjustment that comes from uh from well i i want to win and they are doing this thing so now i have to adjust and and our decks are significantly different than what you might find uh at a random lgs or 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 magic fest or things like that because Mm -hmm. uh because different people play different kinds of games and uh and they might look at that and say why do i need a board wipe no one's playing thrun Right? No one's play- no one's playing these <laughs> these unkillable creatures, and and right and then Derek shows up and he's like, well, I am, and what are you gonna do about it? And, and <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the trick room, baby. <laughs> welcome to hell. <laughs> I got you for three whole minutes. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm glad that there's not like any real combo blue kind of stuff in our, our meta where it's like, alright, it's turn three, I have my pieces, I go infinite, and um, infinite turns. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. I could build that, but I don't want to build it's that because I don't feel right. what's the point. Like, the people who play competitive EDH, I get it. Live your life. Yeah. I want to hang out with my friends um, and, and do cool yeah, stuff. You know, winning on turn three isn't really doing it for me i guess yeah because you didn't really get to it's like i don't know you didn't get to build your your uh yeah mini computer of like this trigger triggers that and this yeah. and that it's just like i want to earn the victory instead of you know yeah. whoever whoever happens to get the right four cards or two cards or whatever that they need for their mm-hmm. combo first yeah and pretty much their entire deck is set up just to like Okay, I have 10 versions of this card and 10 versions of this same ability and 10 versions of this same ability. So I have a 35% chance of opening hand getting every card I need 
You know, it's like, that's not fun. I think I got that from watching Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh! Characters like Vegeta and Kaiba, those those right. second best characters who I've always identified with because my brother was my rival, they, they are always saying things like, I want to beat him at his best. I want to beat him when yeah. he has every tool available to him. You know, Vegeta is never saying, I want Goku to have a cold so that I can beat him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't want to kill him while he's sleeping. Yeah. I want him to I don't to want to kill him while he's sleeping. Best. I want to I want to fight him uh when he's just had a sensu bean when he's finally discovered some new level to his power. That's what I want to beat him at. And Kaiba says the same things. Like Kaiba is a jerk in the series, but uh there was a movie that came out in 2017 called The Dark Side of Dimensions. Go check it out. It's pretty cool. But Kaiba has developed this computer program to emulate Yugi and Yugi's <laughs> cards and stuff. And he beats it. And all of his lackeys, all of the scientists that work for him and whatever, they're like, you did it. You finally did it. And Kaiba says, no. Uh, good job, boss. Kaiba says, no, I didn't do it. This is not the same. It's not the real Yugi. Uh and Kaiba may not believe in the heart of the cards or the magic of the pharaoh or whatever, but that's what he's saying. He's like, that's what I have to beat. I have to beat the king of games. Just beating that deck is not enough. Uh, yeah, I need the person to know that. I <laughs> yeah, I need to see the look on their face when I have... Uh, when they had every chance, they still Exactly, when I overpowered them at their best. So that, to me... Yeah is what a 7 to 10 turn game is like. It's like everybody's had a chance to to draw enough cards to put your game together. You know, if if it's a turn 3 combo deck, I already know that not everybody builds that way. And so if I'm the only one building that way, then it's just a given. My deck was designed to yeah. win on turn three, and if y'all didn't design that way, then you've won. There's no point of yeah. even playing this exactly this because we weren't playing the, the same game one. almost. Like yeah. we we hadn't agreed on the rules of engagement. It's like why didn't y'all spend you know four thousand dollars and get all your moxes and your your lion thighs and all that? Do you guys you remember know? my Crufix, uh group hug deck? From three or four years ago? Slightly. Was it Eldrazi? Uh, no, no, it was It was just... Um, Everybody draw your deck, right? Well, it was uh, Bounce, Paragon Drake, uh, get unlimited mana, draw my deck, and then Blue Sun Zenith everybody out. Seems vaguely familiar. Mm. You may not remember it. Maybe you blocked it out. <laughs> but it, yeah, it had maybe. a very high win percentage. I won two or three yeah. games in the same way and said, well, I did it. I'm going to take that apart because I'm not playing the same game as everybody else anymore whenever I play this deck. Now, if you were to play that, yeah. now that our meta's changed so much, uh, we yeah. have very strong decks now. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you could you could do that and still not mm -hmm. win. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about that. Um, uh, the deck I made based on that, uh, the, the Warhammer precon. That uh, Trazen the, the Infinite. The yeah, one? yeah, Trazen the Infinite. I've only played the deck the one time, and it did its thing, 
And I said, well, yeah, that's how every game's going to go, is I'm just going to fill the graveyard with stuff and then kill everybody. And Yeah. That's another reason why I took Tatiova apart, is because I'm going to win with Labman, and that's how mm-hmm. every game's going to end, and it's like, ugh. You know you could just build the deck without Labman. Well, here's the thing. I, I will, but I would like to do it as an Omnath Right. Because he's my little jelly bean. <laughs> okay, Your precious jelly bean. <laughs> yeah. So, we've talked now about why rivalries are fun. Rivalries are good. Every If we use each other's skills to put our own to the test, we all get better. And especially in an interpersonal uh, rivalry like ours, we have a four-person rivalry where our meta's constantly evolving, which means our games are always different. But... Where this is a episode about good sportsmanship, and there is a negative version of this, uh, and I think it's important to use a different vocabulary. That's called a grudge. When you perceive a slight or a wrongdoing against you personally, that's a grudge. Uh, and then we often seek retribution or we seek revenge. In general, a grudge shouldn't happen between friends. Uh, grudges have this undercurrent of revenge, that there's a score that needs to be settled. Some animes uh, have this, you know, especially in terms of uh, Gundam or war, where the stakes are actually really high. And I think early in Dragon Ball Z, before Goku and Vegeta uh, were friends, when Vegeta was still an enemy, it was a grudge. It was a personal slight on Vegeta when he saw that another Saiyan was more powerful than he is. Grudges are not good for friendships. Uh, Or for games. Or or for any game, that's true. Uh, Because if a grudge is seeking revenge, revenge often has a condition that's met, and then it ends. I think a lot of people in their minds, even even if revenge doesn't actually do this for a person... We often associate the idea of revenge with, once I do this action to get them back, it's even. It's settled. But we don't want our friendships to end, and we don't want our games to end. It would really suck if Benjamin beat me at one game, I finally beat him, and then we said, great, we're never playing this game together again. Like, (laughs) Randy says, oh man, that's what I hope for every week. (laughs) <laughs> no I, I i i honestly just saw the uh like the perfect gif for this the other day where it was um it's it, yes bill Hader dancing no no surprisingly <laughs> not it, it's it's when when goku and frieza have been fighting and free uh goku has i mean he's beaten frieza like like goku is um like all right this is done you know, freezes at full power, and he and he's like, "Listen, dude, you you lost. You're not even. This isn't a challenge anymore. I, I won." Uh, and then it's supposed to be like when he takes off, and it was just saying like, like whenever you get your butt handed to you over and over and over again, but then you finally get that one win, and you're like, "I don't want to play this game anymore because I win, and you're not enough for me anymore." So, was that in Dragon Ball it, Super it, when they were fighting in space? No, 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 no. It's it's in the original uh, Namek Saga. Oh, okay. uh, you know, Goku just stops mid like mid fight. So? No, no, no. It's before he cuts himself in half. Oh, okay. uh, Goku's like, listen, like, 
like I've this isn't a challenge anymore. Yeah, I've uh, surpassed you. I've yeah, I've, I've surpassed you. But it's just that that someone turned it into a meme of you know when when you're the one that keeps getting beat over and over again. And you finally get that win, yeah. and then you're like, I guess I'm just better than you, so you're not a challenge anymore. <laughs> like that person had a grudge, and now they're they're like, I'm done. Yeah, once yeah. once revenge has been satisfied. The revenge seeker doesn't have any reason to interact with that person anymore. They say, I'm done with the game. I'm done with this person. The slight against me has been evened, uh, and we don't have to interact. But if your goal is to have a friend group that's always playing a game or that always has things to do whenever you, whenever you meet up, that's not – grudges are not conducive to that. If you have a friend group that you want to keep playing games with, you want to keep coming back. You don't want to end like you might find with revenge. You want a rivalry instead. You want a continuation of the game where the players keep improving. So seeking revenge in a game can be fun, but only if you're playing a character and only if it stays in the context of the game. So if somebody in a game does something against you, I think Risk is a, a great example of this. You know, hey, I needed to hold Asia. Why did you keep coming back in and taking, uh, uh, and what, Benjamin, what's the country that's, uh, in the top corner? Kamchatka. Kamchatka, that's right. Why'd you have to come in and take, take Kamchatka? Kamchatka. I'm going to take it personally. Okay. And I'm going to go against, uh, that person. So that can be fun but only if you're playing a character and only if you seek to satisfy the grudge within the game and only through game actions. Once the game's over, outside the actions of the game, it's important to stay friends and to stay rivals trying to test their skills and ultimately enjoying their time together. So I've got an example. It's an example that has happened more and more often that people are starting to think about it and talk about it in their deck building. Uh, recently, oh, yeah. I have decided to start destroying people's mana rocks early in the game. Uh, if I draw removal and I can afford it for one or two, and somebody else mm -hmm. plays a ramp spell early in the game, uh, like mm -hmm. a soul ring, I will start saying, mm -hmm. I don't want to waste this mana. I'm going to spend it now. You know, in, instead of saying turn two, do nothing, I can say turn two, spend this mana, blow up somebody's mana rock. I can hear Randy. <laughs> oh, man, I am. <laughs> so I have this. Rough my jimmies. So I have this example from last time we played where I destroyed Derek's thought vessel. This is a resource that can be used uh, to pull ahead early in the game. Uh, in the game of Magic, you typically can play one land a turn, and your lands are the resource that you use to cast spells. Thought Vessel generates mana the same way a land does. So you can cast it early in the game, and then you spend the remainder of the game technically one land ahead, or one mana ahead. And that's why in Magic we call that ramp. So, early game, turn two, he plays his Thought Vessel, I remove it. Immediately, I spend my resources removing his. Well, that is a perfect foundation for an in-game grudge. He retaliates, removing a piece from me. 
even though spending his resources in that way might put him at a disadvantage. Remember, if this is a four-player game, now we have Benjamin and Randy, the two other players, who haven't been touched at all. Meanwhile, Derek and I are both down resources because we've been targeting each other. This is the foundation of a grudge that can last throughout a game. And it's fun, it can be fun, in the game. We keep taking pot shots at each other, we call it sending a message, you know, it's not about losing or winning, it's about making sure he knows that he can't mess with me. Uh, you know, don't mess with me or else I'm gonna spend my resources targeting you right back. This can be fun if it's through game actions. We puff our chests, we make a big show, and we play characters that are haughty and arrogant in order to create a fun story. I start acting like Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh! Or I start acting like Yugi being the righteous one and treating Derek like a villain for trying to run ahead. It creates a fun experience. But it would be entirely different if I remove that thought vessel early in the game and then Derek throws his drink in my face. <laughs> you know, and Derek reaches across the table and throws my deck on the floor. That's bad sportsmanship. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be that extreme, even just being grumpy or sulking. And we see that online all the time. Uh, people describe on Reddit situations where you remove something that you think is the threat. Uh, and to me, early game ramp is a threat. It means that somebody's going to get farther ahead than I am if I don't have that same uh, level of ramp on my own. He's certainly not wrong, because I, uh, with enough mana, I, I tend to run away with things. I mean, yes, that is the resource in the game. I mean, yeah. circling back to, to the rivalry, yeah. this is the very reason why I have started putting a lot more single-target removal into my new decks, because I'm going to start targeting those soul rings of yours <laughs> in the I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that it's It's coming up. for you. Oh, I, I'm ready. It's coming. I'm excited. I, I want to see you uh, turn the tables. I want to taste my own medicine. Well, and I are just sitting <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so, even grumpily sulking is going to turn the game down. It's going to, and in some cases, turn the game off. People are going to finish that game. They're going to get up, move to a different table, or leave. Uh if, and we see those actions as poor sportsmanship. And sometimes when it happens to us, we can, you know, get salty. We can get that feeling whenever something has happened to us and we feel unfairly targeted. But those aren't game actions. Or, or excuse me, sulking, yelling, throwing a drink, those aren't game actions that can happen in Magic the Gathering. And so we see them as inappropriate. The interpersonal moves should still be friendly. If somebody removes my stuff early, I should be saying, uh, if I'm not playing a character, I should be saying, you know what? You were right. If you saw that as a threat, it's because it was. I was going to pull ahead with that. Uh, I remember a story from Reddit a couple weeks ago. A uh, person was describing an event where somebody just was constantly removing uh their mana, like I was describing to you guys uh, with me and Derek. Uh, and obviously, later in the comments, people were like, well, what deck were you playing? Avacyn Angel of Hope. <laughs> I used to play an Avacyn Angel of Hope deck. Avacyn requires eight mana, and once she hits the field, yeah. everything you control is indestructible. 
Yeah, that that's deserved. Well, if that's in your command zone, you're telegraphing it to the team or to the to everybody at the table. We know that it costs eight. Somebody at the table said, if he never gets to eight, I don't have to deal with that threat. And so they just kept targeting the mana rocks. This person then goes onto the internet, complains, says they weren't able to do the thing. Well, it was a game action that this guy used to keep him out. Uh, to me, that seems fair, especially as someone who used to have an Avacyn deck in the past. Uh, do you guys have any experiences uh, or comments about grudges? Have you ever experienced a game that really got you salty uh, that turned into a real-life grudge? I uh, I mean, I have a lot of moments where I get uh, salty. I, I try to... I'm trying to get better and not take things personally. Uh, I don't have any specific example, but I know when I... Uh, like it, like let's say I was playing that Avacyn deck. I want to cast the Avacyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do the one thing I built this deck to do. Um, and if someone is rightfully so targeting my stuff, so that way I don't, because when it comes on the field, like I, I'm gonna win unless someone can stop me another right. way. Uh, so if it never gets there, gets to that point, we never have to deal with it, like you said. Um, so if if I feel like I'm getting like targeted unfairly because like oh you're throwing all your stuff at me instead of other people i could see how that guy could be certainly salty and form a grudge for like going into the next game or maybe i you know hold on to that that anger until the next time he plays <laughs> yeah I, and i think okay the only times i get salty i feel like is when you know obviously based on what y'all said i have a bit of a reputation uh for uh, for being a good deck builder or, or make, doing things that are hard to deal with or whatever. And sometimes, and, and like I've mentioned before, I've, I've depowered several decks or I intentionally, like I have a, a deck that's capable of drawing the whole deck. Uh, in fact, I lost playing that deck, uh, against Travis not too long ago because, uh, I drew my whole deck and, <laughs> and I you intentionally didn't have a way to win with it. Yeah, I intentionally did not put Lab Man in there. Uh, Laboratory Maniac, uh, for anybody who's not uh, who not familiar, says instead of losing the game when you when you run out of cards, you win the game. And so, it, it, there's things like that where it's like, no, I you know I have a, the way I want to win, and I don't want to put a, a cheapie in there, right? Where that's a different game. And so, because I have done things like that, I feel like. Our games are really good, but I still feel like sometimes I get targeted uh, because when when y'all see something you're not familiar with, mm-hmm. you say, "Hmm, that's mm-hmm. you know, we're we're all doing the things about evenly, but I'm scared of Benjamin, and so uh, and so you attack <laughs> I'm me. I'm suspicious and, of whatever he's got, right? And yeah, I I've seen that card come out of the graveyard way too many times <laughs> this, this game. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that that's fair. That's fair. Or, or it's a card we haven't seen, and we're like, "There's no reason that card would be in there unless <laughs> it's doing something extremely weird." Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that that's totally fair. And, and I don't. And I typically don't have a problem with that. It, I deserved this. You know, I, I I earned this reputation. I deserve it. <laughs> Whatever. But the reason the the when I get salty is whenever I'm I'm my deck is not doing the thing. 
Yeah. Maybe it maybe it looks like it's doing the thing or it, or but it's just it's like I guess what I'm saying is poor threat assessment. When the threat assessment is yeah. based on reputation rather than the board state, rather than what's on the board, yeah. Right. And so and I think that goes into the the grudge thing where it's like instead of looking at what's what's in front of us and and making it a, a game decision based on what's actually happening, it's I'm going to base this game decision on on previous on, games. Yeah, on something outside the game, on a reputation or yeah. an interpersonal move that somebody made even if it wasn't in the game that we're playing right now. Right. And I, I do want to caveat this for anyone who's listening. If if you know so if if there's someone in your game group who does always win, it's okay to target them first because that's that's how someone else is going to win. That's that's right. I'm a big fan of take whatever game action is going to help you win now or long term, right? Mm-hmm. This game or the next. Like that mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um I so so what I'm saying here is whenever I feel like someone else is closer to winning and that the appropriate game action for for whoever's targeting me is to target someone else, that's when I get salty. Yeah, and so the, as far as the grudge thing goes, I don't know if that's exactly what you were talking about, but that's to me it's not it's not a grudge so much as a I don't know what it is, but it feels like a grudge and it does make me salty sometimes. Yeah, it starts to feel personal. Right, exactly. Yeah. I I, I just want to add uh Benjamin, I think I'm I'm on to you right now. I think <laughs> I think you're saying this whole like sometimes I'm not even the threat you think I am. It's it's the reputation. Benjamin's over here playing and then, chess. And then exactly next time we're in in the game store and we're playing and we're, I'm gonna be thinking, man, that looks really scary over there on his board. I should probably like I don't blow something up, but maybe I'm just perceiving it wrong. He did say we do that sometimes. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Oh my god! I know what you're doing? See, he, he's he, he he's so smart. He's taking it to the real world, metagaming us. You know, another thing is that <laughs> if I could keep just talking yeah. about this, uh, is when when we uh, when we first started. I know Randy and I definitely felt like Benjamin was always a huge threat. Uh, because we both had garbage decks. <laughs> uh, we didn't have garbage, that is true. We didn't have recursion. That is true. Have good mana bases. Like our our decks were garbage. Precons mostly. Versus, yeah, precon like barely upgraded precons. And playing against you know Benjamin's really good decks that are like finely tuned, we were getting stomped. Mm. But Randy and I uh, and Travis, you already had a lot of cards, so your decks were pretty good already. Well, it wasn't uh, until I started listening to podcasts, and I mean that totally busted open. Yeah, it changed. It the completely game. changed the game. There's a yeah. There's a a level of player, and it's always important to remember that the huge majority of players only play the game. Yeah, like the mm. the vast majority, eighty percent of people playing your game only play the game. It's the and it's the top 20% that will find a podcast, they'll find a YouTube channel, they'll find an article series online of other people who have decided to take that next step, who have decided to study how the game works uh, and start figuring it out on a deeper level. So once I found a podcast, that really blew my deck building wide open. Yeah, me too. And I, like Randy and I um we got better cards and we started building better mm-hmm. decks through, you know, trial and error and through podcasting and through like 
We got better jobs. Yeah, we got better jobs. <laughs> we more money to support, support our addictions. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, so the the gap that used to be between my garbage deck and Benjamin's, you know, mid-high decks, you know, was huge. But now it's like, I mean, maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but now there's not much of a gap at all. No, I don't think so. Uh, like, yeah, I agree with you. We, we played, we played uh, Travis, you weren't there yet. We were waiting for you. Um we were playing quick games. Benjamin played Edgar Markov, and I played Thrun. And uh, for the people who don't know, Edgar Markov is just kind of a machine, just an oppressive, hard-to-beat kind of guy. And my Thrun just, like, we were 1v1-ing almost the whole game, and I still almost killed you by myself. Yeah. Which, you know, two years ago would never have been possible. Yeah, we got a lot better. I'm telling you guys, you know. it feels good to beat Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just feels good to win. Feels good to beat y'all. Yeah. Uh, with something like I've created. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the cool things about a, ri- about a rivalry, as opposed to a grudge, is that, that rivalries are, are like a source of self-expression, almost. Mm-hmm. like. Yes. Like it's They're a, a celebration a of what yourself. one person has accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever mm-hmm. one beats the other. Uh, there's another anime that I made my wife watch. It's a Gundam anime, <laughs> but to me it felt like Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's called Gundam Build Fighters? Yeah, Gundam Build Fighters. Yeah, Gundam Build Fighters, where each person builds their own model, and then they bring them into these 3D fight arenas. Uh, if anybody out there played the GameCube game Custom Robo, it was exactly oh, yeah. like that, where each person has their own little machine, and then they bring them into those 3D arenas. But, you know, all of those finales, the end of each season, was all about self-expression, about how the suit that I made represents these parts of my personality, and it's those parts that are being celebrated, and, you know, how much we believe in ourselves, however cheesy that is, it's something that anime captures really well lots of anime capture the, captures that idea really well that when you believe in yourself you can accomplish more and a good rivalry can help you do that yeah yeah and sorry i kind of derailed us onto rivalries you were talking about grudges oh no uh, i mean they're they're intertwined that's why uh that's why i put these topics together and as we were planning the episode i was like do y'all think these topics go together and I think our conversation has revealed that it does. Yeah. So then, considering the difference, not just a, a, in time-based, right? You, you said that, hey, uh, right, rivalry, uh, grudges can end and rivalries go on and, and on. Um, are there any, like, what do you do to prevent, to prevent a, a rivalry from, from becoming personal, right? We, we've talked about how how rivalries are, are sort of about you and, and your self-improvement and self-expression and, and all of that, whereas uh, whereas uh, mm-hmm. a a grudge is all about beating the other person and, and ending it, right? Uh, making it, I don't know, about ret- well, about retribution. Uh, how do you keep from having what someone has done in-game how do you keep from letting it get personal? What do you What do you do? That's a good question. I feel like um, 
the most important thing is just to remember this is just a game. We're trying to have fun, and for the four of us at least, we're we're here to play with each other, and we're not actively trying to like make it like. We don't get to hang out every single day or every weekend like we used to because we all have lives now. Maybe just like you know, trying not to be like an optimal play or something like that. Like, oh, you know, I feel like I've been picking on Travis a little bit. Maybe I'll throw a little, even though like, like, I, it's hard to say. I don't know. Well, I do like what you were saying about the. Hey, maybe maybe it's not about all not all about optimal play. I think that's kind of getting to maybe where I was thinking we were going with this is is yeah. you know ultimately you have to decide what's more important the, the the experience the gameplay the people or winning because it's if you start looking at the people you're playing with as obstacles to your goal right they are keeping you mm-hmm. from winning then of course it's personal right in any other aspect of your life if your goal if your goal is to achieve something get a job get a you know, win a prize all right, and and that's your and that's your one goal, not not to be better, not to be hireable or whatever, but to get this thing, and then someone is standing in your way. That person is not a rival. They're not someone you like. You don't appreciate their existence. They are. Yeah, they're an obstacle that you have to get through and step on their hands mm-hmm. and back and all that stuff to get to what you exactly. want. Exactly. So I I think it it requires a, a bit of an attitude shift, maybe uh, a kind of along the lines of what we talked about last episode of of you know it's friends first game second and and kind of we we had a brief aside last episode about how hey sometimes you do go to play in a tournament or whatever just so you can crush people and i think that right when you're when i'm playing in one of those tournaments at a, at a higher level event and i'm not playing with friends those people are obstacles yeah i'll i'll throw every trick in the book every infinite combo anything these these people's friendships don't not uh don't matter to me exactly and and of course you do it fairly i do care about sportsmanship more than win, or winning and, and about fairness more than winning and so i won't cheat or those sorts of things but right yeah um but it's a randy went through a phase where he was uh finding a lot of videos of magic cheaters who had been called oh, yeah <laughs> It, oh, that's so fun to see that that schadenfreude and see oh look at this guy get caught yeah. cheating yeah. it's even better when they lose yeah. because they cheated i mean i mean like 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 not just because they got they, caught but it's like they screwed themselves they cheated up. and they then cheated they screwed their way out themselves of the that's, a, that's a real shit because yeah. they were trying to over like, manipulate oh. the game it's like oh if i actually needed an extra land right now but i stacked it so i didn't have a land on top i put the spell but now i've you know this happened and now i can't when the yeah. way I wanted to. Like, huh, I guess uh, that kind of like it ties back to last episode, and I guess the whole point of this con- podcast is to have that conversation of what do we want from this interaction, this uh, this game night we're having. Do we want to win? Do we want to just hang out? And that kind of like um, modifies our social contract of like you know maybe I'll do some optimal plays so that way someone doesn't feel like they're just sitting there getting kicked all night or something right yeah the the moves we make should be friendly because the people that we're playing with right. are our yeah. friends they're not just tools or or objects to play a game with they're not captives or hostages <laughs> right. to play our games with <laughs> they're people like your wife hopefully we like and we want to treat them like we want them to treat us right like they like us yeah i i'll say whenever we you know whenever like 
one of us isn't, you know, there at the, the thing. We got to pick up a rando. I, I will always give a rando a fair shake. I will, you know, try not to target them or anything like that. But it's not even like this, like a slight jab at me. I, I, I could be like set off to just start railroading a rando very easily just because it's like, you know what? You're just, I just don't want you here. I want to get you out of this right. game as <laughs> possible. It's probably nothing to do with like what they're playing. It could just be like literally like, like their personality is bad. It's like well, I, I I can't be making yeah, it out of bad, game. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm gonna get rid of them, right. but with in game yeah. actions. <laughs> you know, it's like I could just say like, hey man, get out of here. But like, let me get right. you out of here with an in game action of just you can kind of use removal. the game as the excuse to. Yeah, I I usually. Let, let's wrap this game up and then go do a, uh, <laughs> like, oh, we're going to go get dinner. Yeah. Maybe we'll play I, later. When we have our fourth is here. I feel like I go the opposite way for the most part, unless they're just kind of like a crabby person. Uh, I don't like, you know, it's the three of us versus an outsider. There are, they already feel like an outsider. I don't want to like yeah. pick on them mm-hmm. extra hard. I'll go harder on my other two friends so that this person kind of, you know, feels like it's not so bad. You know, they're not picking on me or anything. I don't want to be a bully. Right. I guess I'm. I'm, I'm more like that. Yeah. I'm the exact same way, except for that one guy who has a four thousand dollar deck that's full of uh, moxes. Yeah. And yeah. says it's a seven. And, yeah, literally just him. I will target him with everything. <laughs> but I, I hope have. you brought your A game. But everybody else, I'll, yeah. everybody else, I'll like never yeah. target. <laughs> yeah, if, if 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 someone you know, if we're like, hey, we're playing like a casual, we're at like a five or six, we're using decks we just made for the first time, and they're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll bring something out, and then I see like an original dual land, I'm like, oh, okay, That's everything's coming to you. Assessment. If you spend a thousand dollars on a land, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, okay, if you're spending that much money on a land, good lord, what else do you have in there? I have to get rid of you ASAP. But also, it feels like 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 that's your seven. That, that uh, a $2,000 right. deck is your seven? Okay. That guy's Brea oh. deck with the original dual yeah. lands. Like, I just I just see red. <laughs> when he oh, yeah. Wave this in my face! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just like, you know, if you had just been honest and said, like, I'm, I'm bringing a 10. Yeah. It's a yeah, six. But, just hey, you know, an infinite we play different right. Oh, I remember that I'll guy, too. Forget. Yeah. Or, or if, <laughs> if someone is just petty and is just like... You know, the whole um, stores closing, well, we're in the middle of a game, so it's a draw. Like, like the store is physically closing, we all scoop, and then it's like, well, you scoop because you had priority, and then you scoop, and then you scoop. Well, I, I scooped last, so I win. I'm like, I'm never going to play with this person again. I will hold <laughs> that grudge till the day I die. Because it's just like, nah. And those people should be listening to this podcast yeah. about how to be yeah. a better friend. Yeah, because that is not how you get right. a consistent. That's player. why he's playing with us. Because yeah, <laughs> but he didn't have a consistent. The player. rando that shows up in our group is the person who doesn't have a group to play with. They're the person who sees all the people at the shop as a tool to play their game with, rather than maybe trying yeah. to make friends first i don't know we talked about that last episode we right don't need to rehab but again. but the grudge part yeah. makes sense right like if you're trying to maintain friends your actions in a game do affect in-game actions like this is kind of proof that that being nice to people 
can sometimes, uh, or, or being mean to people or, or whatever can affect whether or not people target you, but, and, and whether or not it should, I don't know. I don't, I go back and forth on that. Um, I did want to clarify because we've the suboptimal. The word suboptimal has come up several times, and, and I don't necessarily think that you need to play play or build suboptimally to have a good group or to uh, or whatever. I first of all, I don't mm. ever play suboptimally. I build suboptimally, and then when we when we're together, play to the best of your abilities. You build with a restriction, right, exactly. and then play uh, and, as and best I think, you can. And I hope that all of you always play the best you can. I think the only suboptimal play I might have is, well, of course, limited by my abilities, but also early in the game, when it might be useful to send everything at one person, I will sometimes spread out the damage. Well, I attacked you last turn, so I'll attack you the next turn. Yeah. That... Right. I don't want to knock someone out 30 minutes before the game actually ends. Yeah. Or an hour or something. Mm -hmm. And that's just another trait of a multiplayer free-for-all game. It just feels bad when one person is out for a long time. I mean, the same was true true when we were playing Smash Brothers as kids. You know, one person gets targeted at the beginning. That just feels really bad to sit out for 10 to 15 minutes while the other two people fight. Like that, if if we're here to play a game together, let's all play a game. You you might win or have a better chance knocking somebody out early, but imagine if you were on the playground and, I, I don't know, once you got tagged, you were out and you got tagged first. Like, you're out. Go, go, sit, on the, the go sit on the bench yeah. while we keep playing. Watch us have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That That's not usually what... I imagine when I right. have a yeah. fun game yeah, that I That's like to go with the grudges. It's like the game does have to end. Someone does have to lose first. But it doesn't have to be early. Yeah, it's important to just remember that, hey, this is still the game. I, I can't let this be personal. Everybody's time is valuable. I don't want anybody to yeah. feel yeah. like they wasted their time coming here. Especially for us specifically. Like we live so far away that it's for Benjamin to drive yeah. to our shop. It's what, if, 45 if it, if minutes? Yeah, if there's no if there's no or, traffic, or a little it's like forty five minutes. 50? But sometimes, like if there is traffic, it's the way there. Yeah. Usually after work is probably longer for you, huh? So I mean, when all of us are driving thirty minutes to the to our shop, or if we're going to Derek's and it takes us an hour, we live in Houston, so an hour of no. drive is not like unheard of. But no. it, it it's valuable time. I would love to spend my time playing Magic. If I'm driving yeah. that far of a distance, rather than you know being a couple feet away watching YouTube videos <laughs> while you guys play right. magic, like yeah. that's and not so that my idea not that not hard. knocking people out, even if that would increase your chances of winning, I think that's that's an okay way to play suboptimally because it's like it's like an added restriction. Can I win even even though I didn't knock you out when I first had a chance? I I do plan to knock you out, just not now, right? like the get up you know instead of yeah. stomping you while you're down some of the guys that i watch on youtube who play Yu-Gi-Oh together they'll uh they'll say that they're what? giving the other person a homie drop it's like okay I-, I could beat you this turn i'm gonna let you draw another card and see if you can find your way out of this i could beat you this turn i'm gonna let you draw another card so they'll give each other a homie drop to say you know, we're good friends. I want to see if... I want to beat you at your best. I want to see if you can yeah. find your way out of this puzzle I've created. 
Okay, so I interrupted you earlier. What is the nuclear option? So the nuclear option is whenever you throw all your inhibitions out the window and you spend every possible resource you have targeting one person. Basically, the nuclear option or going nuclear is taking a grudge and turning it up to 11, saying it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing in this game. I'm going to make sure that you lose. Uh, I'm going to point all my resources, all my bombs at one person specifically. Uh, I have heard a couple of podcasts talk about this, and I want to see what you guys think of this as a political option. Do you think it's worth it to occasionally go nuclear as a way of sending a message to your other players to say, don't mess with me because this is what I'll do to you? Or... Or I, I don't value my own status in this game at all. I'm going to spend all resources I have to take somebody else down. Yeah, I, I know. I've definitely, yeah, I'm definitely guilty of this. Uh, <laughs> if, 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 if someone target, you know, or if I feel like, like someone has been the sole reason that, like, my deck is not doing the thing or, or, like, the reason why I know I'm in a losing position, and it's like, well, I'm going to die next turn either way. From, you know, mm-hmm. either option A or option B. But I have an option on my turn to also either kill or severely weaken someone else's board. And and, and you're that person that's been messing with me. It's like, well, you know, I can't beat you, but I can make sure you don't win. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not always, but it is just... I feel like, like you have to really mess with my board for a, a, a good portion of the game where it's like, I couldn't p- play at all because of you. You're not going to win this game now because of me. That's my final retribution. When you decide on the nuclear option, what has gone through your head up to that point, And what do you hope for the future after that <laughs> game is over? So I, I wanted to talk about Randy. Is that I learned early on... Because I, I used to mess with Randy. He used to be an easy target. Like, because, like we said, like he didn't yeah, know what the Yeah, just cars the newest player in our group, for sure. Yeah, and he was he was the easy target to pick on sometimes. But I guess, you know, maybe he hit the nuclear option, or maybe I was being a little um, unsportsmanlike conduct outside of the game uh, with, like, maybe being, uh, you know, too mean or something like that. I don't know. Eventually, he starts getting maybe personal or something like that, and Randy gets salty or something. Uh, and Randy, when Randy hit the nuclear button, he throws everything to the wind. He's like, the only thing I care about is making you lose. And I'm, I'm going to lose no matter what, but I'm going to make sure you lose with me. And he did that, I think, he's done that to me a couple times, and I've learned, you know what, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit somebody else first. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not... It's not an always thing I do, but uh, um, I, I know there's been a time where you were, if I could have gone nuclear, and it was in it was in a game of risk, and then if I had the option to go nuclear, I would have. Um, and I still hold the grudge a little bit to this day. <laughs> I was playing Risk. Oh, that one. And this is why, to this day, I have never played Risk <laughs> since this day, since it happened. I have never played it, and I never will play it again. Like, don't ever invite me to play Risk. I will not play. I was playing with Derek and his old roommate named Clint. Hi, Clint. And they have been living together and playing Risk a bunch. 
you know, for fun. Yeah. And they invite me over to play, and I'm like, I really don't... This isn't my kind of game, but I'll play, because, like, I'm a social gamer. I like to play, with, to have fun with friends. So, three versus playing Risk. I'm, you know, the new person, absolutely getting dominated. As soon as they kill me, they look across the, the, the table and go, Diplomacy? And they shake hands, and that's the end of the game. <laughs> the game is over. <laughs> the context is is that there were like six other people. We had been playing for like three hours. We had class. I don't remember any of this. It was like, it was like ten or ten or eleven. I think it was like a Thursday night. Um, and Clint and I had decided, you know, I think like under the table somewhere somehow, uh, that like, hey, we'll, let's just work together to kill him, and then we'll just, you know. We'll uh, shake hands and... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It it wasn't six people. I remember there was one other person across the table from me. So it was four was total. I think he went out and then I went out and then y'all shook hands. I think there was five at least. Because there was was one guy we we all teamed up on. Oh, I don't remember that. I I, I scorched earth this in my own brain, my own memory. Um, But yeah, we, we did beat everyone else i had half the world he had the other half and we said diplomacy and we shook hands and i mean randy would you have would you have rather them continued to fight it out for another hour (laughs) 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 i'll say it that was that was over 10 years ago now so i can't remember the exact specifics of it but i just i just remember that it was like okay this is supposed to be a game of 1v1v1 okay that's where we're at and they had teamed up and then they just yeah they just teamed up and then just like drilled me down, even though I was by far the weakest position and had the least strategy in this game. And then just, I was like, no, y'all need to fight this yeah, out. Like the two of them you know? teaming up. It's like, this is the last game of the night. It changes the rules of engagement yeah. of what the game was supposed to have been. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it felt, I can't remember if that was the same game where Derek has some crocodile tears about like, oh, I'm in lumps. <laughs> No, that no was Monopoly, Monopoly. Okay, that was a different game where Derek has yeah. some, a pity party of crocodile tears, and we give him a little. Su- well, let me tell you. It <laughs> yeah, he, were, he, yeah, he came back and won. He was, uh, I have twenty dollars to my name, and, and then he came back and won the oh, whole game. God, I'm gonna feed my yeah, we're over there pity partying them. Uh, so yeah, I am a user of the nuclear option. You know, <laughs> I, I, I I don't I don't need checks and balances. <laughs> in my mind, I'm the dictator, and I have the nuclear football all the time. Uh, but I try not to let it go right. out of the game. I have used the nuclear option, but I try to use it very sparingly against things that uh, against things that get to me personally. Because if I go all out and completely overreact, you know, two hundred percent then the chances of somebody doing that thing that annoyed me are much less in the future. Uh, And the card that I'm going to talk about, you guys probably already know, is... uh, Randy, do you know it? New New Blood. blood. That's right. It's called called New Blood. Wait. It's uh, a card in Benjamin's Edgar Markov deck. Not sure if you still have it in that deck. Oh, yeah. Well, so it requires you to tap a vampire and then... Which is super easy in Edgar Marshall because you get them, you get extra vampires for free, and then you get to steal another uh, player's creature, and it becomes a vampire. 
So anything that was on that creature that refers to a creature type now refers to vampires instead. I remember the game where Benjamin used new blood on my Archangel mm-hmm. of Thune, which has a life gain effect that pumps all of your creatures. It gives every creature you control a plus one, plus one counter. So Benjamin used new blood, turned my Archangel of Thune into Arch Vampire of Thune, and just completely took over that entire game. And somewhere in the back of my head was just black should not have creature stealing abilities or, or, (laughs) you know, the price should be higher or it should require more or whatever. You know, creature stealing should be blue permanently, red for one turn, and black shouldn't get it. I was on a huge color pie kick for a long time. But I decided, and Benjamin, I've done this even to other players, uh, I briefly continued playing in my other group, and one of them had an Edgar Markov deck, and I told him, listen, if you play New Blood, I'm going to quit, walk out of this apartment. I'm just going to pack up, and I'm going to leave. And then he did, and I packed up and left. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I applaud you for, you know, but I, I told him, I was yeah. like, that is a card that uh, r- rustles my jimmies. And when I see it, I'm, you know, if you want to win that way by steal, I think he stole uh, Adrix and Nev, which is an elf token doubler. Mm-hmm. Oh, doubling vampire but, tokens. Oh, yeah. So now you play a vampire, uh, you know, play a one mana vampire, you get two vampire tokens. So I was like, nope, Three, yeah. you won this game, I'm out, see y'all later. Uh, I don't think that was the last time I played with them, but it was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've tried to go nuclear in, in like in the, in the same way that Randy has, where like if you do something that disrupts me so bad that I, I can't come yeah. back from, I want to make sure I drag you down. But... Like the the lizard part of my brain is like, but I need to win. <laughs> so I I don't stick to my guns long enough. Right. I'm like, but the threat assessment it's not good. So I, I'm not super good at that. But uh, and the same way you do hate new blood, <laughs> I hate Jaleva, which is a, a very similar yeah. type card where it steals your cards. You can't do anything. You can't play the game. And that's a card. It's like as soon as I see it, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw everything I have at you to make sure yeah. you have a yep. bad time. That and that mm-hmm. is something that I've learned in recent games, or I guess in the last year or so, ever since I had that Jaleva deck, was like, okay, creature theft is not something that my friends like all that much, <laughs> and I've done it <laughs> enough times where I don't necessarily need to keep building decks that do this. Yeah. Because they're my friends. It's they're like, not if, just if you're a gonna, team to play If you're going to take something... That, that's kind of why I built the... Um, what was it? Yeah. The, uh, so you can deck. steal our stuff. Because it's like... I'm at least taking it out of your grave... It's out of your graveyard. You're done though. with it. You already it's, played it's it. Like, like, yeah. At least... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're done with that toy. Now it it's my totally play. done, isn't it? You know, or totally different it, to steal something from somebody's deck or hand or battlefield than to steal something that's in the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, and I know the graveyard yeah. is a source and things can be recurred, but... Exactly. You, 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 you either played the mana and had your time with it, or it got milled into there and you never had yeah. to like spend money on it. Yeah, you never had it in the first place. Mana on it yeah. to begin with. 
Yeah, so it doesn't hurt yeah. as bad, and I don't feel as bad trying to take something out of the graveyard. Yeah. And it's random. If, if Jaleva only stood, uh, only stole creatures, <laughs> or if she didn't exile the cards, or if she, like <laughs> yeah. it, she does like four things and all of them just make a really bad. I time for won me. with Jaleva once by casting her so many times that I exiled somebody's library. This <laughs> is like, well, you don't get to draw anymore. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I decided that you can't play the game anymore, but I don't give you the courtesy of like <laughs> and dying. No, you're here trapped with me <laughs> yeah. until I say you until you're upkeep, and then you go. Benjamin, do you have anything that makes you go nuclear or consider going nuclear? Uh, I only no. I, I'm too much of a like. I like to be the underdog and try to you know if y'all when y'all three v one me and I deserve it. That there's no better feeling than that for me. <laughs> no. That's not, that's no, not, that's not the I, underdog. I like, I like playing from behind. So, like, it, it, there are times where there's a lock or something on me, and I, I, I don't want to quit. Like, everybody else is like, this is, like, people who hate stacks or or hate uh, yeah. land destruction or stuff like that. I'm like, I want to see if I can get out of it, right? It's like a puzzle. So, most of the time, mm-hmm. if I'm in a losing position, either it's so obvious that I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm willing to concede and we can end the game and move on to the next one because you won. Or, if there's a chance, I, I want to take that chance, right? And so, for me, what mm-hmm. makes me want to go nuclear, it, it's it's almost, it's always just in game. It's not, it doesn't carry from game to game. I, I very rarely will I pick yeah. up and leave. I can't think of it. It would have to be an out of game action that would make me want to say, all right, I'm packing up and leaving. And maybe not coming back, yeah. but in game, in game, the big thing mm. for me is that I I will go nuclear in a game if I feel like it makes sense story wise. And I'm not usually much of a story person. I play Magic, and I'll, I'll play things that don't go with each other or whatever. Even if you know whatever. But if I'm being because their mechanics work well, yeah, together, because the mechanic the characters don't know each other exactly, right? I don't I, yeah. I don't care about the aesthetics as you know so much. But if I think that my place in the story, whether, you know, if it's risk, if I think that the world leader that I'm pretending to be, if it's uh, magic and I think my me or my commander, if it makes sense to be like, I'm dying and I'm going to take you with me, I will do that. And I'll say, you know what? I'm dying. There's still three of you left. I'm the first one to die. I'm going to send everything I have at the person who is killing me. But it, <laughs> yeah. only if it if it feels like something I would do, the the in game me, right? Otherwise, I like this collective narrative we created. Yeah, yeah, and and I know that 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 probably seems really weird, cause, but I'm not I'm not somebody who likes to metagame in the sense of of relationships. I like the game to be the game and the relationship to be the relationship, and I don't want to, I don't. I don't want to manipulate outside of the game. Like earlier, Randy was like, oh, you're trying to get us to go easy on you. And I wish I had that sort of forethought and whatever. But I, uh, You know, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I know. I'm, I'm not... I don't want to do that outside of the game. In the game, I will try to convince you that someone else is the threat or whatever. And in the game, of course, I'm, I'm trying to win. But out of the game, it's like the game happened and, and now we're not there anymore. We're outside of that. Yeah. Right? And so I don't. The game happened, and it created a fun story that we can tell now that we're just friends. Yeah, and because we can tell that story over dinner or mm-hmm. whatever. And because I try to keep the game separate, I also try to keep individual games separate. 
Uh, and so I don't like to... It doesn't feel right with me to be like, I'm trying to send a message for future games. And so I won't. I won't do that. But within a game, if I feel like it makes sense from where I am, you know, my, my perspective in that game, then I will do it. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Well, Benjamin, you're just a better person than the rest of us. Yeah, 100%. Things to aspire to. Because I, I've definitely been in the, in the spot of, I'm going to destroy something of Derek's, even though it's not really a threat at this moment. And I'm going to be like, this is for last game! When you, when you took away <laughs> my commander on turn two! You never hurt nobody! <laughs> you know. Like, but, you know, then that's, that's usually pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> there have been... At least one time, probably a couple times, where I feel like me and Derek have played games and things have gone nuclear, even though we're not playing against one another. We played a co-op game, and like I said, (laughs) I'm there for fun. I'm there to, like, I, I, Derek's my best bud. Like, I'm there, you know, that's what I'm there. We fight like brothers. Yeah, yeah. And so if stuff happens and it's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, my bad. Derek can sometimes, like, go nuclear and take it out of... We were playing... I don't know what we were playing, but I think you said something like... like, I think you called me stupid or something. I don't remember what it was, but... Derek, no. I I mean, mean, but but it was in in the the heat... Divinity. Original Maybe. Yes, yes, it it was Divinity. Because Justin and and all them were there. And so we were playing that... And you did, or I may have done something, but you like, like snapped at me, and I, and I was like, "All right," and I just went, close, exit, logged off of Discord, and just and turned off the computer and walked away. I, I was like, "You went nuclear," so I ended it, yeah, and everyone's like, fair. "Oh no!" But two hours later, I'm like, "It's that uh, you know, you know, hey, and you'll have to bleep this, but f- you, I'll see you tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, a couple hours later, I'll be able to text him and be like, again, you're to believe this. It's like, hey, b- what you doing? <laughs> Just thinking about yesterday and how I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Even if we do go nuclear out of the game, you know, it goes too far. Because we are such good friends. Yeah. yeah. And we have worked on that relationship and we're willing to work on that relationship. It's able to get swept under the rug. And I mean, there's, there's been times I wanted to choke Derek. Yeah, times I want to smother Randy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we get over it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't hold the grudge. I think the reason that I, I don't I don't let games go nuclear is because, despite what it may feel like to Travis, I spent most of my... Most of my gaming life has spent losing. Uh, right? Losing to, to Dad. Lo- losing to... Will mom and John. yeah, to mom and John for a while. Losing to Will, uh, my wife is really good at games and and wins constantly, except at Boggle, and that's because I played Scrabble so much. And and nowadays, pretty much any video game I play, I'm gonna lose because I just don't have time to play video games. And so I spend a lot more time losing than winning, a lot of time, or or at least used to. And and if I was gonna go nuclear, I would have no one to play with, right? It it. it <laughs> and, and so I kind of had to, to make that decision pretty early on that I, I do play to win, but my goal isn't winning. My, my goal is self-improvement, and I'm not going to improve if, if I flip a table, right? 
I, I'm yeah. just I'm just yeah. gonna lose people. You're just stuck with AI for the rest of your life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're reminding me of things that we say in education often. Is like if you quit or you say you can't do it, then you will be right. Right. You you won't do it if you don't keep playing the game. In this case, but if you don't practice or if you don't try, then you will uh, never get better at it. And if you're playing a multiplayer game, especially a game with f- four people like Magic the Gathering, and, I mean, statistics say that you will only win 25% of those games. Yeah, I mean... Okay, so 75%, that 75% of your time should be... Sp- uh, I'm, I'm using air quotes there. Should be spent losing if everybody's on an equal playing field. So get used to it. It's part of the experience if you're going to decide to play a multiplayer game where only one person can win. Yeah, I, I forget which podcast it was where they talked about how in, in an evenly matched group uh, you would be you would only win 25% of your games. But I remember hearing that, and, and it's part of what inspired me to power down my decks with y'all was if I was, lo- if I was winning 40% of the time, that would still feel like I was losing most of the time because I would be. I'd losing sixty percent mm-hmm. of the time, but it's still way too much, right? It means that that the three of you are only winning twenty percent of the time, right? Yeah. And I'm winning twice yeah. as much, and that's and that's not gonna make for a good long term play group. So, and this may be another topic, but it really caused me to to kind of look inside and say, I know I want to win because winning is fun. Let's be honest, but. I also need to be okay with losing to be able to make sure that we're all having a good time. And that's something I'm trying to teach my kids, right? You know, my five-year-old, I, I taught them a, a game today that, that's probably way too advanced for a five-year-old, and of course he lost. But, actually, I mean, my, my daughter, my, my eight-year-old daughter, won that game, and and we were all excited for her, and he was very upset that he lost. And trying to teach them, like, of course you're going to lose the first time you learn a game that's too advanced for you. Like, you cannot expect to win all the time. And no one can, and no one should. But I feel like we have this right. this mindset where we value winning so much. I don't know. Hey, this is America. Right. Yeah, we love say, to win. Is that the, is that we the only win. <laughs> and it might be, you know, that, that hey, winning is everything. Uh, or exceptionalism or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the cause. I just know that, that there's a... I think the people that need to be listening to this podcast are the same people who are complaining on Reddit, are the same people who are out there, um, who, who are putting the game above their friendships, right? It's 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 what the, yeah. the whole purpose of this is to say, the game isn't above your friendships. The game is your friendship. It's a game of friendship. And if you're not winning that game, you're not winning any game. Right. Aw, Benjamin, that was so special. That was really good. Thanks. I, I just just came up with that. But yeah, but but like that's the that's the game that that we're playing, right? And and that I can't put the game above above the people I came to play with. And now, once you're willing to play with me and play, and we're playing the same game on the same terms, and and I think that you can handle this loss. All right, fine. I'll be the one to give it to you. But. Uh, maybe I'll, I will try to be the one to give it to you, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I think, I think it, it's important that we take, that we as, as a society and you as a gaming group, whoever's listening, 
right? Take a moment to, to, to set your priorities and then conform your actions to your priorities, right? Enjoy the rivalry. Don't hold grudges long term, right? Whatever happened on that game night, good or not, like next time you get together, it's time to have fun again. You don't need to Yeah, new game. New game. Yeah. yeah. I know I know Travis watches Ted Lasso. Maybe y'all have too. But one of the things that Ted Lasso says to his player, he's a coach teaching uh soccer in England and he tells his players, be a goldfish because they only remember like two seconds or five seconds, something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're upset in the last game, you know, be a goldfish, forget it, go on to the next game and have fun in the next game. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. I, I'll be honest. I, I when yeah, I get home after playing with y'all, like I, there are some losses that I remember or some things that happened that I'm like, <laughs> uh, I don't, I didn't like that. I, you know, yeah. but I really tried to not get salty and instead say, all right, what, how can I? change that for next time like first i kind of think about should i be okay with that should i be upset is that something i need to talk about with the with the guys or something and usually i decide no that's a personal problem i need to i need to get good i need to build a better deck i need to actually include things that can get around indestructible or i need to actually protect my commander for a change and not just sometimes i have to just play green right if i want to beat thrun ain't nothing wrong with it baby if you can't beat him you got to join him Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's there's the combination of hey, I want to improve myself and that's and then I want to maintain these friendships and yeah, the the short tension span for life. Like the game, it's going to have its ebbs and flows, it's going to have its emotional highs and lows, but being able to weather those so that you can maintain the friendship above trying to win a particular game. You can have a winning, be really good at your game and be a winner. And still be okay losing particular games, and so I think maybe that's where where that was going. I don't remember the the when we were at the our local card shop. That drive home is like 30, 35 minutes for me. It's a nice cool down period if I uh, am you know salty from the last game we played or something like that. I'm like oh, and by the time I get home, it's like I don't even remember what I was mad about. <laughs> And I think that goes back to something that we talked about last episode. Make sure that you continue texting those same friends and blatantly tell them with no secret hidden language, I had fun, or let's do this again, or I liked the part when. You know, really codify it and talk about the things that you enjoyed. Highlight the good moments from your games together so that you can reinforce the positive aspects of the relationships that you're forming. And that's something that we do usually when everybody gets home is we say, hey, I'm home safe. I had a good time. Let's do it again. Yeah. Stuff like that. I like that we all text when we get home. It makes me know that you guys didn't die in a ditch somewhere on the way home. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, like, I'll be sitting here mad that, oh, man, I was mad that he, he killed my commander and he died in the ditch. <laughs> on the way home. Kind of puts everything oh, in perspective. Yeah, for real. Any closing thoughts? This was a long one. Uh, let's see. Closing remarks. Um, no. No, I'm good. Uh, it's a game. Yeah. Abide by the social, constru- uh, the social contracts that you set at the beginning of the game. Um. I don't know. Love your friends. Uh, on the subject of grudges, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. 
with a like it's the same with like relationships like being married or whatever yeah. don't say or do something that you can't take back yep yeah like, you know, don't don't ring a bell because you can't unring it well now that you mention it that's so really good and I, I i do well, let me open this can yeah you know we're I, and this is something i was thinking about a lot after our last episode this stuff well, we we are talking about games and especially magic and all this stuff, but these are just rules for life. These are just things that yeah. that if you want to have good relationships, you you go find them, you go communicate well, you you know you do those things to develop those relationships. And same thing for today, right? P- find your priorities. Make sure you find people that sharp. You know, iron sharpening iron doesn't just apply to gaming; it applies to life, right? You find those people mm-hmm. that you can have friendly competitions with and. And do that, and and same thing with going nuclear. Uh, Derek, you said it well when you said don't unring, don't ring a bell. You can't unring it, and 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 it, it applies to marriages absolutely. Uh, I was thinking like you know this is also you can use it in the workplace and stuff. Like someone is better at you at something, yeah. And to oh, just yeah, keep sure. keep practicing and keep with them. They'll you know learn everything that person has to go uh, has to know, and then once you've like caught up to their level go on to the next person um you know it works for games works for work it's all you know there's always someone better and there's always somewhere to improve Mm -hmm. very good guys great advice and like we've said last episode and this episode even though this is a gaming podcast i think it's secretly a friendship podcast thank you guys so much for listening you can find more my mythical meta anywhere you can find eldorado gaming Eldorado Gaming's home website is eldoradogaming.com, but you can also find us on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you very much. Good night. podcast was edited by me, Travis Konashek, and our intro and outro music is by Tyler Heath of The Oh Hellos. Check them out.